This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers. We are back. We are back in town. The Peers Project is back and we have come back stronger than ever. We are now a podcast production agency and we produce podcasts for some of Australia's leading brands and influencers. We honestly couldn't be more excited to be where we are right now and to have rebranded the business. It's a completely different look, completely different um, vibe, and we're now all about the podcast. So we couldn't be more excited about that. And so in today's episode, for the first time ever, I'm going to be sharing you all a play-by-play of the last 18 months of my life. So I started in business 18 months ago, and I actually fell into business. So I started the podcast in that same year, the year of 2017, and I don't even know how, but somehow I've ended up sticking with business, sticking with the Peers Project, and taking it to where it is and building it to what it has become today. And so in today's episode, I'm going to give you guys the raw, unfiltered, just kind of straight up version of my, of what happened in business for me and how I failed fast. You know, failure is something we, something we talk a lot about on the show and something I, but something I don't think that is talked a lot enough about, you know, I think that there are so many misconceptions around business, around starting a business and around succeeding and failing. And what people don't often know is that most of the time, almost every entrepreneur that you admire or that you see or that you know has failed and they've failed hard in business. And I am most definitely one of them. And that is why, for the first time ever, I'll be revealing in today's episode my journey and how I failed fast in business. I've gone through five different business models in 1.5 years, in 18 months. You know, that is crazy. And that's probably something that none of you even knew. Because as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we're just always on to that next thing. And we don't often dwell on these failures. You know, they're usually the stepping stone to get us to where we need to go. But today I'm going to go deep. It's going to be a full on episode of you and I, and I'm just going to be giving it to you guys exactly what happened, a play by play of how I failed fast in business. So 
I will preface this episode before we dive straight into it with this conversation I had with an, an old friend of mine. Yeah, let's call him Jack. So I was out of the going away drinks uh, with this mutual with a, of a mutual friend of ours um, one Sunday afternoon several weeks ago, and Jack and I got talking. You know now. I will say that this old friend of mine, that Jack, he really does have an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, he's dabbled in business in the past. He started different businesses, but for some strange reason that I, I just can never seem to work out, he never continued any of them. You know, and so when I saw him at, at my friend's going away drinks, um, you know, obviously we embraced. I was like, how are you going, Jack? He's like, how are you going, Mish? And, you know, we started talking you know, the standard things, you know, how's work, you know, how's Telstra going, he works at Telstra, and, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, good, you know, how's the Piers project going, I'm like, yeah, good, standard, standard, and then I asked him this question that I think really made him think, and it was, so, Jack, you know, tell me, whatever happened to those business ventures that you started, you know, a while back, you know, I, you're super entrepreneurial, you should totally join me and build something of your own, you know? And his response was one that took me by surprise. And he said, well, Michelle, you know, quite frankly, you know, all of them failed. He went on to talk about how he didn't, he couldn't seem to understand how so many entrepreneurs, including myself, could just get it right the first time and just make it happen. You know, I just sat there quiet. I nodded as he spoke. And I could see the slight frustration that he had around this. And he finished on the note that he finished by saying that, you know, you know, if or when I leave Telstra at some point, maybe I'll, I'll use that money I get from my payout to give business another go. You know, and I said, Jack, I think you totally should. I said, business is tough. And that failure is completely normal. And that he should most definitely give it another go. And that when he does, he should reach out to me. And, we, and I'm more than happy to help however I can. And for some crazy reason, that conversation stuck in my mind. You know, I walked away from that conversation with Jack, someone who is so capable, someone who could literally go out there and smash it and kill it in business, be so fulfilled by running his own business, you know, use his skills, talents, and abilities to build something for himself and not have to rely on a boss, rely on a company to, uh, to, for his own kind of financial well-being. But here's the thing. In that moment when I was having that conversation with Jack, the one thing that I couldn't muster up the courage to say to him in that moment was that I was just like him. I failed in business many, many times. And in fact, I failed 10 times more than he ever had. And the only difference between his story and mine was that mine didn't have an ending. You know, I kept going. I didn't let my failures define me or, you know, scare me off from trying again and again and again until I got it right. And so in today's episode, I want to give you guys an in-depth insight into each and every single one of my failures in business to date and how they led me to where I am today. So here goes. 
buckle up, get ready, get your cup of coffee or tea sitting like sat next to you so that you can fully take this in because this is going to be one whopper of an episode and a solo episode at that. I don't think I've ever, I will have never done an episode like the one I'm airing for you guys right now. So here's what really happened on my business journey since I started 18 months ago. So let's talk about failure number one. So I started back in business in 2017, the same year that I launched the Pierce Project podcast, this podcast you're listening to. So 2017 was a big year for me. You know, it was a year of a lot of change and personal growth. You know, it was the final year of my five years of university studies and I'd spent six months of that year overseas. I went to New York for the first time, the US for the first time. I lived in different parts of Europe during that time, a month here, a month there, a month there. And I also completed my final semester of studies, of university studies in the UK, at a school in the UK at the end of that year. So the first business I ever properly started and made money off was called A-Team Branding. You know, I started this with my best friend in October of 2017 when we were living in Barcelona. Now, when I tell this story, people think, wow, she started a business in Barcelona. Insane. Yeah, no, (laughs) it was not. It does not sound as glamorous as it actually was. So it I will say, though, that the way it came about was completely unexpected. You know, I had no intention of starting a business while I was traveling overseas and it just kind of happened. I saw an opportunity and I couldn't resist taking it. And I made, essentially, I made something out of nothing. So here's how it all went down. Well, you see, just before starting 18 Branding, I was working on launching the podcast. So this podcast. And I was learning all about social media from a business point of view. You know, things like social media marketing, you know, all of that kind of jazz. That was very foreign to me back in 2017. And I only ever really used social media as a way to kind of connect with friends, like purely for social use. I mean, that was it. But because I wanted to get the podcast out there at the time, obviously I'd interviewed in New York. I just interviewed in London. Like this was exciting stuff, right? I'd interviewed, my, I'd interviewed my Forbes 30 under 30 in these different places and I wanted to get the podcast out there. I wanted people to start listening in. And so it became my obsession. So social media marketing became my obsession to learn all about it, to learn how I could get it out there, all that kind of jazz. And at the time, I'd reached out to several different social media marketers to get their advice and their guidance on the socials work that they'd done, uh, that I'd started doing for the podcast. So a good friend of mine introduced me to this girl called Jenny. Jenny is a social media marketer here in Melbourne and she's awesome. And Jenny reviewed all of my social media stuff before it went live. And I literally had just made this all up. You know, I'd made up, I'd kind of understood what social media marketing was about and then did my version of it. But for some reason, when I showed it to her, she actually thought I did a pretty good job and she loved it. I don't really know how, considering it was so amateur. I look back at the work, social media marketing work I did back in the day, and it was so amateur. Like, literally, like, it's so embarrassing looking back on it. But, you know, it is what it is, and I was starting out. So, regardless, Jenny really liked my work, and she was like, yeah, cool. She gave me a bit of tips and tricks here to make it even better. I was like, thanks so much, Jenny. Awesome. Anyway, 
back to living in Barcelona. So my girlfriend and I had moved to Barcelona, my best friend. And one morning I get a text from Jenny and she said, you know, hi, Michelle, I've got something I'd like to run by you. I've had a new, I have a new potential client um, that's reached out to me to get some social media marketing work done for them. And I'm just at capacity right now, you know, so I, I don't really have time to, you know, do that work for her. And I, and then she goes on to say in her text, you know, so what happened was I just passed on your number to him because I think you'd be perfect and would be able to help him out with his social media for his new company. XX Jenny. I remember reading that text and just thinking, has she got the wrong Michelle? You know, like, what? This doesn't make any sense. You know, what the f***? You know, like, I've literally just started understanding what social media marketing isn't about. In no, there is, there is no way I could handle doing social media for a, for a, on a professional scale, like for a client. I kind of chuckled to myself, looked at the text and, and didn't think much of it. I sent her a text back and said, thanks so much. You know, Jenny, no stress, hon. Happy to chat to him. All good. Did not think much of it. The next day, I get a call. It's an incoming call from Australia. I look down at my phone and I, I think, well, it's not mum's number. It's, it's none of my family's number. Like, I wonder who's calling me from Australia. I kind of random. Anyway, I pick up the phone and, and it's Steve. It's Steve, Jenny's mate. Hi, Michelle. How are you going? Jenny passed your number on to me regarding uh, doing some social media marketing work for me and my new company. My heart starts to beat really damn fast and all I can think is close the phone, close the phone, close the phone. Don't worry about it, close the phone. But instead, I say this. Well, hi, Steve. How are you going? It's Michelle here. Yeah, great. Perfect. Jenny did mention you. Oh, well, great, Michelle. You know, look, and he proceeds to tell me all about his business. You know, look, I've started this business. It's a juice company, and I'm really looking to launch the social media marketing side of things. Social media, I want us to be on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. He continues. All I can think to myself is you better be writing this down. Start writing this down. Get some ideas. Go, go, go. Don't stop. I get my pen out. I start writing down things. I start asking him questions. Okay, Steve, well, you know, where are you at at the moment? You know, where are you with your social media marketing? You know, what, what are your, th your thoughts on, you know, your brand image? I'm making up stuff as I go along. I have no idea what I am talking about. About two weeks ago, I was asking this exact question to Jenny to get her advice on what I could do to actually do my own social media for the podcast. Long story short, I somehow get by and we end the call on, okay, Michelle, well, you know, that all sounds great. How about you just give me a quote on how much it's going to cost me for you to do this work for me and just a bit of a sample uh, piece of work of what you would do for the Instagram. And I was like, yeah, no, no, all good, Steve. I've got that under control. Just just slight uh, issue here. I am ba based in Barcelona at the moment. Um, is that going to be any issue for you? And he's like, oh, you know what? I couldn't really care less. As long as you get the work done, I'm happy with it. I said, no stress, Steve. I'll get that to you before the end of the week. I close the phone and my best friend's looking at me from the living room. I'm standing in the center of the kitchen, having just bullshitted my way through a conversation with a potential client. For work, I had no idea, I knew nothing about. My best friend said to me, what are you doing? 
I have never heard you talk so much shit on a call in my life ever. And I looked at her and the first thing that I could think to say was, you're good at branding. I'm not too bad with clients. I've got this potential opportunity for us. She was like, what are you talking about? I go on to tell her about this potential opportunity that we could actually start our own social media marketing business where I can manage all the client things and, and you know, do the writing and she could do all the graphics and design and all the branding aspects of it. She loves it. We put our heads together and that was how a team branding was born. So that was my first business and that was actually my first business failure also. So I started, we ran this business from October of 2017 when we were living in Barcelona together to December of 2017 and then we shut it down. Actually, that's the wrong way to put it. We failed so hard that we had to shut it down. So what happened was, although we did actually end up delivering some high quality work for our two clients, we actually had two clients at the time, we got him and we ended up getting another client, don't even ask me how, we had absolutely no idea what we were doing in terms of managing them. So although we produced quality work for them, like it was great, social media flow, it looked really pretty, the, the writing was good, we had no idea how to manage clients, you know, and we essentially let them walk all over us. You know, we'd let them tell us to do ridiculous amounts of work for free before they paid us. And, you know, we suffered big time in this first business. And my key learnings from this first business failure was that you can't let your clients control your life. You know, that as a business owner, you have the power to fire them if they aren't respecting boundaries and are just quite literally painting the asses. You know, and that another learning was that you should be excited about doing work for clients and not dreading working for them. And lastly, that you don't have to know everything about the industry that you're working in or even about the work you're about to deliver. You know, you just have to have the hunger and the drive and the determination and the commitment to figure it out. Because here's the thing. I hardly knew anything about social media marketing. But over those three months that I worked with those clients, I grew to learn everything. And I delivered. And that is really what it's all about. Great, so that was the first, my first failure in business. My second failure in business really happened early last year. So early 2018. So when I got back from overseas, so I'd graduated now, I'd graduated from university and I decided that I wanted to go into business for myself full time. You know, I'd done it overseas. I was like, okay, I can do it. There was two clients as much as they killed us and it didn't work out and it was a failure. In the end, I thought to myself, well, I've done it once. I'm sure I could do it again. Now, something I failed to mention was that when I was studying in the UK at the end of 2017, I unintentionally started coaching. So what does that mean? Well, once again, I made something out of nothing and created this opportunity for myself. How? Well, when I was studying overseas in the UK, I'd met another Australian and she was also in her final year of studies. But unlike me, she had absolutely no idea what she wanted to do with her life. You know, and she really was desperate to gain some clarity around exactly what she wanted to do, you know, and myself, 
I'd realized throughout the year of 2017 that all the interviews I did with Forbes, 30 under 30 nominees, um, across New York, across London, through starting a business, my first business myself, I knew that business was what I wanted to do. I didn't know what form it would take, but I knew that it was business. And hence why I'd gone out and, and already started one. So we'd be sitting down, you know, in coffees, um, this girl and I, I'll, let's call her Sally. Sally and I would be sitting in coffees when we were studying together in the UK and we'd just start chatting. And I would tell her about what I wanted to do in business and my ideas and all of that. And she would talk to me about how stressed she is and about, stress, about how stressed she was about not knowing what she wanted to do with her life. And as a result, I started to coach her. I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but after about six weeks of these coffee dates that we had, she ended up having a crystal clear vision for what she wanted to do with her career, with her life, and what she wanted for her future. And she was, for the first time ever, she told me, she was insanely excited about it. You know, she'd found clarity. She knew exactly what she wanted. And she said something to me that I will never forget. She said this, Michelle, you quite literally changed my life in six weeks. You need to do this. Like you need to, you know you love business, you know you need to turn this coaching thing into a business. And I remember hearing those words from her. I went back to my dorm room that night and I started mapping out my second business. It was a coaching business. It was called Take me from A to B. There was so much conviction behind that, that I gave to that business plan, behind that business plan I created because I just couldn't believe I'd changed someone's life. You know, I was 23 years old at the time. I was still a university, at university, and someone had point blankly told me that I'd changed their life for doing something I didn't even know I could do. So, Take Me From A To B was born. And this business really launched, as much as the idea came when I, at the end of 2017, it really launched early 2018 when I was done with my studies, I went into business full time for myself and I started coaching. And this was my second, this turned out to be my second failure in business. Why? Well, because although I knew how to coach, you know, I, I had no idea how to sell. And that's it. That is the reason why Take Me From A To B became my second failure in business. Because although I could coach and although I did get coaching clients and I was coaching and I was coaching and I was coaching, I was loving it. I didn't get the number of clients that I wanted to get. And I wasn't making the amount of income that I wanted to make for myself. And one thing you'll learn to know about me is that I never settle. Like ever, 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 ever. Like never, ever. Uh -uh. Like it wasn't good enough for me to know that I worked so hard to help these people, they were getting amazing results, but that I couldn't get more of those type of people and I couldn't work more and I couldn't make more money. And at the end of the day, lifestyle and building a life I'm in love with and, you know, not spending my days every single day working is something that's important to me. 
and I want to be able to build a business. At the time, I wanted to be able to build a business and a life where I wouldn't have to worry about income, where I could go and live remotely and coach remotely. That's the idea I had for myself. And at the time, I just wasn't getting enough sales through the door. And that's when I realized I couldn't sell. I had no idea how to sell. Although I'm pretty good at chatting to people, I can get myself in weird situations and in meetings with awesome people, I couldn't sell to the level that I needed to know how to sell. And this, so this business, um, I, I ran this business for about four months in total, from the start of 2018 till about, I would say about July of that year, probably earlier, June, June of that year. So probably earlier, May, it seems to be, considering it was four months. So I started that business, I ran it for about four months early of last year, and I decided to shut it down. Once again, because I knew I could do better and I could do more. And but the difference is between this failure and my first failure in business was that I was demoralized by this failure. You know, I, I'd worked so hard on this coaching business and I literally had felt like it was a personal attack on me, you know, as a, as a poor business owner for not having succeeded and not having made the amount of revenue cash flow for the business that I wanted to. And so that's what happened there. And yeah, that's right. On top of all this, at the same time, when I shut down the business after four months, I was still trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do and whether business was even for me. You know, I, I kind of was almost at the point where I was going to throw in the towel and be like, you know what? I gave it a really red hot go and it just, just didn't work out for me. But there was a part of me that didn't want to accept defeat. I was like, no. I want to make this happen. And so at this time, when I'm still trying to figure things out, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it work. I'd already shut down the coaching. I was really starting to run low on cash. You know, my business bank account was going lower and lower and lower as the weeks went by. And for me, that did not sit well. You know, and so I, I got myself into a part-time job just to deal with the money situation. And then I actually bought a sales course. I bought an online sales course and I made it my mission for the next three months of my life to work part-time and study sales. And at the same time, what happened as a result of this when I started doing this, because the stress was, the pressure was off because I didn't have to, because I had money coming in, because now I'd stopped coaching, but I had a part-time job. And I literally took a moment and I said to myself throughout this process, of learning about sales and working part-time, I was like, the Peers Project, that podcast that I started, still in the background, I'd still been running it. I was like, that is it. Like, this brand has value. Like, I need to do something with this brand. You know, I'd had, I'd still be going to networking events, meetings, trying to meet more and more people in the business world. And people would always come up to me and say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what do you do? And I'd be like, oh, I have this podcast and I coach. And the first thing they talk about is the podcast. They'd be like, Oh my goodness, I love it. Talk to me more about the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Tell, tell me about the podcast. And they wouldn't even ask me about my coaching. And I was like, okay, well, happy to talk about the show. Anyway, that's when I realized the value in utilizing the Pierce Project brand, bring it back to life, 
It was still running. I've never stopped this podcast. It has always run throughout this entire time. I was trying to figure out what the hell to do in business, but I really kind of brought it to the forefront. So I got myself a podcast coach. She was based in New York. She was awesome. We did Skype calls every week and I built up the Peers Project brand. And what happened was I relaunched back in um, back in September of 2018, September of last year, I relaunched the Peers Project as a podcast with coaching off the back end. And I quit my part-time job when I relaunched. I was like, you know what? If we're going to do this for the third time, we're going to do this. So I went all in once again. And to my surprise, there was hype. There was a lot of hype. My sales started to come in because now I knew how to sell. And we launched our LinkedIn video series, more sales started to come in. But for some strange reason, things still didn't feel 100%. You know, I still wasn't getting the kind of return that I was after. You know, the kind of return that would make me not have to worry about cash flow ever again. The kind of return that meant that I could do the least amount of work for the greatest monetary reward possible. The kind of return that would mean that I could jump on a plane tomorrow, coach remotely online, something that I've always wanted to do, and not have to worry about cash flow or money. And so once again, this was my third failure in business. That's right. I considered this the relaunch of the Beers Project as a podcast and coaching business as my third failure. Why? Because it wasn't providing me with the outcome that I wanted, which was what I just said. I wanted to have the ability to be able to go anywhere in the world, work remotely, work on a business that's sustainable that brings in cash flow every month, that I don't have to worry about money, that I'm on my own time, that I don't have to report to a boss or rock up at 9 a.m. each you know, Monday to Friday, that I could just do what I wanted, make an impact and live life on my terms. And it wasn't giving that to me. So once again, I didn't settle and I moved on. So I will just pause there before I head into the final two failures I've had in business. And I hope already all of you listening in, all of my peers out there, that you're starting to realize how crazy this journey is and that it's so normal and that failure is so normal and how many times I've personally failed. And hopefully this gives you more of an insight into where we've taken the peers project over the last 18 months. Cool. So now we're on to failure four. So the next idea I came up with was around about October of last year when I wanted to start making money off the podcast itself. I thought, great, you know what? Now I've been running the podcast for about a year. I've got a solid listenership. All of you phenomenal people listening in, thousands of thousands of listeners. You're all amazing. I love you. And I said, you know, I thought surely I should be able to make another, you know, some, some cash off this, some, some revenue for the business off the podcast. And so that's when I came up with the idea of sponsorship, of getting brands to sponsor the show and pay us in advertising dollars. And so 
as always, when I have ideas, I don't just, you know, kind of dabble. I go all in. And I decided I wanted to have sponsors who were some of the largest brands in the country. And I decided, great, if that's what I want, I have to go make that happen. So what I did was I started lining up meetings. I literally hustled very hard. I will say that before I continue. I hustled very hard to get these meetings. But I started lining up meetings with heads, heads of marketing, CMOs of big companies. And I started going to these meetings. Some canceled, some never responded, but the ones that did, I rocked up. And I started pitching the podcast as a means for them to advertise on the show, to advertise to all of you amazing listeners, and, you know, to really get some cash flow into the business that way. And what happened was is that over the period of about four months, from end of last year to about February this year, February 2019, I met with top corporates about these sponsorship deals. And I had one come through. One out of, I can't even tell you how many meetings I had come through. And I was happy with that. I was like, amazing. Because this deal wasn't like any other deal I'd ever done. It was a five-figure deal. And for once, I felt like I was worthy of that kind of money, of that kind of cash flow, of running that kind of business, and more. But as things happen... Although contracts were signed, we had the okay, we had the yes, the deal ended up falling through. And yes, it was devastating. You're probably waiting for me to tell you all of the great parts of this journey. But what's funny is that all of these failures, even this big one that we experienced, this one of having this five-figure deal fall through on us, after all of that hard work we put into getting these meetings and, and all of that, what's funny is that because I'd already been through the downfall many times before, although it hurt, this didn't hurt that much. You know, I kind of got over it within a week. I was like, oh, well, you know, shit happens. And for that, I'm actually really proud of myself because I was able to pick us up and go, you know what, guys, it's okay. We will find another way. And that is really what it's all about. So that deal fell through. That was quite devastating. We moved on. And quickly after that, we launched our online course in early March of this year. So that brings me to failure number five. So <laughs> to make things even better, don't you worry, this is the final failure before the goodness. So the online course. Now, once again, it depends on really how you classify failure. But for me, as I said earlier, failure is really, unless I achieve that vision I want of myself, traveling around the world, working remotely, not having to worry about cash flow money, making a difference, in the business I'm building, working with a phenomenal team, unless I achieve that vision, anything else, or I'm on the path to achieving it, or the business model I'm operating from is gonna ultimately allow me to achieve that, I failed. And that's cool. Because the difference between me and many other people is that failure, I said, I freaking love failure. Because failure pushes me to figure out the next thing to get us to where we wanna go. So on that note, failure number five, online course. As I said, it really depends on how you look at failure. But in my eyes, the online course 
it actually was a huge success. As, as although I na- although I consider it failure number five in this journey, it actually was a huge success. And I say that because it not because it generated thousands and thousands of dollars for the business because it, it didn't, but because I proved to myself through through launching the online course that I can truly do anything I set my mind to. And you know, tech is by far you know by far not my strong asset. I do not like anything to do with tech. I really struggle with it. And for the first time, I had to build something with my bare hands um, that was tech-based. It's a tech-based platform, obviously. It's an online course platform. I had to build it all out. I had to create a syllabus and for that, and I was able to do that all in one month, which is quite insane. I worked really hard on that. And that is why I actually considered the online course to be a success. We did get sales of it, but they just, once again, it just, it didn't feel 110% right. You know, I couldn't see this online course path, this online business as being my full-blown business, long-term sustainable business for the next five years that's going to allow me to achieve my vision. It just, it just wasn't it. And I knew that, knew that deep down as much as it was on the outside, quite successful. So that's where, as always, I moved on. So now in the background of all of this happening, you know, the online course launch, the five-figure sponsorship deal falling through, in one of the meetings I had with a major head of marketing, a CMO of a big Australian company, with one of the, in one of those meetings, um, so in one of those meetings, the CMO who I was sitting down with expressed to me his interest in creating a podcast for his brand. And that was the meeting that changed my life. So actually, more specifically, it changed my business life. Because in that meeting, at the end of 2018, mid-December in 2018, whilst I was still going through, you know, sponsorship deals and trying to pitch people, I was in that meeting with that CMO. When he pitched me on having me create a podcast for him and his brand, it gave me the green light to think and to know that brands were now after having podcasts, you know, produce, producing their own podcasts in-house. And that really led, sparked my final idea that I had. But let me walk you through the meeting because it was quite hilarious. So I'd planned to meet the CMO, as I said, in December of 2018. December 2018, I planned to meet the CMO. As always, I was so excited that I was able to have a meeting with this person to be able to pitch them a sponsorship deal for the podcast. So I'd you know, gotten all my notes together, I had my pitch, and I was ready to meet with him and to pitch him. I still remember that morning, early morning, and I, I walked in to, the, to their offices, their beautiful offices, and at meeting the CMO, I shake his hand, I go into his office, and... Then he asked me, you know, tell me a bit about yourself and the Pierce Project. Like, what is this about? I bring out my pitch tech notes. I'm running him through it. I've got this booklet. He's reading through it and he's loving it. You know, we're bouncing off each other. He's asking me questions about my interviewees. He is loving it. And I'm thinking, you know, this is going well. This is pretty good. He might become a sponsor for the show. And then he said something that literally changed the game. And he said, you know, look, Michelle, you know, I really love what you're doing. You know, I think you've nailed it with the podcast. I think it's awesome. You've clearly done it overseas. It's going places. It's great. But here's the thing. 
I don't really want to sponsor the show. But I kind of want to create our own podcast, you know, for, for this company, for this brand. And I look at him and I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, you know, I mean, you could just do that for us, can't you? I mean, surely you've done it before. I mean, look, like what you've got there is exactly, you know, what, what I want you to do for us. And I looked at him. My heart starts beating real freaking fast. I put on a brave face and I say, uh, yeah, 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 um, sure. Of course we can do that for you. Easy. Um, okay. Uh, so, so what were you thinking about this podcast for your brand? He's like, oh, you know, well, I've been thinking that I want it to be 12 episodes, blah, 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 blah. He goes on to tell me. I start taking some notes. And he goes, great. Well, can you just quote me on that? You know, just tell me how much it's going to cost me for you to have your company do this for us. And I look up at him and I'm like, ah, yep, easy. I will make that happen for you. Just give me a couple of days. I'll send you through a quote and uh, yeah, we can just make a podcast for this, for your brand. He's like, great. Love it, Michelle. Thanks so much for coming in. I'm like, no stress at all. And I get up, I leave his office. I go down beautiful glass elevators, get into my car. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Because, like, did this CMO just pitch me on producing his podcast for this big brand? Okay, interesting. I knew then in that moment that this was something big. If we could make this happen, it would be a game changer for us. So, fast forward, it's March 2019, March of this year, and... I've been following up with this CMO and his team for about four or five months, four months, every single week via email, via LinkedIn DM, I have been following up. Hi, Mr. CMO. I'm, you know, just following up on my email from last week. Just wanted to talk about your podcast. Hi, you know, Mr. CMO, hope you've had a great Christmas. Hope you've had a great New Year's break. I'd just like to follow up. When are you free to chat again? Hi, Mr. CMO, here's the quote that I promised you. Let me know how you find it. I kept following up. I didn't stop. In the background, when I launched the online course, I was having these meetings, that five-figure deal fell through. I would still follow up each and every week with this one person and his one team lead. Then in March... We finally got a meeting, a second meeting. We'd already quoted them a huge sum of money beyond anything I've ever anticipated that I would be quoting at the age of 25. And we get into a meeting, you know, there's a team that everyone's sitting around a boardroom and they're like, you know, what can the Peers Project do for us? And my heart's beating really bloody fast and we're going through it all and we're talking about it. and. That is when I knew that this was it. And I can't explain it. It's, it's hard to articulate, but it's just something that you know. You know, when you've quoted someone, the kind of money that can sustain you for a year, for a three-month deal, you just know. And 
when you've got market validation, when you've validated your idea by going out there to the market and seeing if people are interested and want to pay you the kind of money you want for what you're offering, you know you've got a solid idea. And so that brings us to, that was two months ago. And since then, we've quoted quite a, quite a few other people on producing podcasts quite a few other huge brands and that's when I just knew I, I just knew that this was it that this was going to be the business and the business model that I needed to pursue that I needed to turn the company in that I needed to make as a foundation of what we're building so that I could achieve that vision for myself and for my team that vision of being able to fly around the world whenever I want to, that vision of being able to do business in different parts of the world, that vision of not having to be there every single day, standing at a desk, you know, doing the work with the person, right, in, in person with them. And so that's what we've been working on for the last two months. And that is why I am beyond proud and excited to announce this new version of the company, the Peers Project 2.0. The Peers Project, a podcast production company, a podcast production agency that produces for large brands, large Australian brands and influencers. So that is it. That is the end of my monstrous my monstrous solo episode. I honestly hope that this insight into all of my business failures has been intriguing, has been eye-opening for all of you. This is real, guys. This is real and raw. Like I'm telling you as if you're my best mate and I'm chatting to you right now, what has happened in my life for the last 18 months. And I'm not ashamed at all. You know, in fact, I'm so bloody proud that we've been able to make it through. So to my dear old friend, Jack, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. I just want to say that it's okay. You're allowed to fail. In fact, I recommend it because here's the thing. Anyone who has ever done anything different has failed. We've failed multiple times. But instead of allowing these failures to define us, we've said F you to failure and gotten back up each and every time we've fallen down. And some of us, myself included, have fallen down hard. So, so give yourself that second chance, that third, hell, even that fifth chance. Because I did. And I do not regret it one bit. Get back up. Try again. And don't stop until you figure it out. Why? Because you're worth it. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, 
or any app where podcasts are played. And leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.